yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. If you have your Bibles today, would turn with me to the book of Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. I'm going to read one verse, verse number 8. Before I get into the preaching of the word, my ending today will be a little different than you are accustomed to, maybe different than what you have experienced before, and I want you to be completely comfortable. Don't anybody get nervous. I'm not pulling any snakes out today, all right? We'll leave that for those down in Tennessee or wherever they may be. But I do want to have a move of the Lord today. Our ending will be a little different. I am going to have a commitment card that will be passed out today. And I'm going to challenge you with the preaching of the word of the Lord. And there will be a commitment card that's going to come by. So if you have a pen in your purse or in your pocket, need to dig it out and get it handy and have it ready uh, so that we can move quickly today. We're going to be calling the church to some areas of commitment this morning. And... Um, Hopefully, this will chart our course for the future. As I said a few moments ago, in every spiritual journey, there is the preparing of our hearts. There's the preparing of our minds, the preparing of our spirit. I often tell our young ministers as they are preparing for to preach, to not get so caught up that you lose rest because there is the preparing of the message, and then there's the preparing of the messenger. The messenger must be prepared. See, in anything we're going to do for the Lord, uh, we've got to personally be prepared, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically. All of these things, must we must be prepared for it. And today I pray that we begin the process of that preparation for where God is going to take us to. We're very, very excited for what God is going to do. Our upcoming awakening services are going to be uh, second to none. I really feel that God has given us specific direction, and I believe God is going to do some amazing, amazing things. Be looking forward to that. February the 11th, I believe it is, that kicks off our awakening revival services. You're not going to want to miss it. And they're going the next week and the following weekend is all going to be important. And today is just the beginning of our season of preparation for what God is going to do. I'm believing for a great outpouring. Amen. Colossians chapter 2, verse number 8, Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Whatever we do in word or deed, we are to do it all. How? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. A religion, Martin Luther says, a religion that gives nothing, costs nothing, and suffers nothing is worth nothing. Perhaps this best fits the liberal theology of the American church today. Uh, someone said, a God without wrath brought men without sin into a kingdom without judgment through a Christ without a cross. There is a price to pay. By the help of the Lord this morning, I'm going to preach the high cost of cheap religion. The high cost of cheap religion. Lord, help me this morning. As you have inspired my mind this week, I pray that the inspiration of the Holy Ghost rest upon the delivery of the Word of God. I pray today, Lord, that there be an anointing that rests on not only on this pulpit today, Lord, but in the pew today as well. And that, Lord, that there is a response from this congregation to the Word of the Lord that you have inspired me with today. I pray, God, that your will be done in all things in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, don't buy into cheap. Amen. 
The words discount, half price, final sale. You see the banners everywhere. It can get you running to the mall, running to the discount centers, grabbing your credit card and filling it up because it's such a deal you can't re resist buying something that you probably could live without. But cheap often comes with an outrageously high price in a market that is saturated with increasingly similar goods Price becomes the ultimate winner in today's market. But the inexpensive, inferior, or bootlegged brand, if you please, from street vendors, box stores, or thrift stores quickly show their true value with time. And their production even often comes at very high societal prices. According to NPR, in 2009, factory outlets were America's number one tourist destination. And it was the fastest growing segment of the non-web-based retail industry. At the outlets, a designer shirt or a designer pair of jeans or maybe a coach bag, that got the ladies looking up. They were often more decoys than they were the purpose. It was how they got you into the store. For new stores would open and they would have such name brands, but sitting, sitting in the shelf right next to them is a brand that you've never heard of that is far inferior, but because of its placement in the store and its price bracket. It causes people to believe it must be similar to that which is right next to the name brand. That which I'm familiar with is here, but next to it slightly cheaper is an incredibly fashionable but cheap built, cheap made product that draws our eyes through marketing, through the strategy and craftiness of great marketers that are in it for nothing but your money. Who's to know the unrecognized brand on the shelf is actually not a name brand at all or similar to it all and certainly not equal to the neighboring item that got you into the store to begin with. And it's not only the outlets that lead us astray, but merchants of rugs and mattresses and furniture. Almost everything today has the name brand, and as today's market calls it, it's the knockoff brand, the similar to brand. It's the very closely related, and it even looks like it because they are so good at making what is inferior appear like the original. I know people who have been duped by fake Rolexes, bought at discount prices of $20 or $30 by street vendors, Oakley sunglasses, Louis Vuitton bags for $12.99, When the price gets right, it seems that what is in the box matters far less than just what the label says. There is a crisis that is brewing in religion. The crisis is that the word church has changed meaning over the last few years. There is a demand in today's market for cheap religion that requires nothing and costs nothing. 
Let's not talk about sacrifice or commitment. Let's not speak of the blood for it's far too gruesome. Let's not sing and let's not be too demonstrative lest we act like the foolish people of the book of Acts. There's a crisis brewing in religion today. They want a Christ without a cross. They want salvation without the price of redemption. They want feel-good messages that call them for no change whatsoever. But this preacher rises to this pulpit today to declare to you that the Lord said for us to take up his cross. There is a price to the real. There is a cost to name brand religion. I want the name of the Lord to be put over the door of the church. I don't want to be caught off with some off branch religion that costs nothing. Give me that which is real. Colossians chapter 2 says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. Not everything that sounds good is good. Not everything that looks good is good. Not everything that glitters is gold. And just because I've said it before and it usually brings a smirk to your face, but just because someone has turned it into a social media meme doesn't make it true. And just because they can say it in the King James Version doesn't mean it's real. The Lord didn't call us to an easier life. He called us to a better life. He called us to better things. He called us to take up his cross and follow him. Today, the high price of prayer and sacrifice and faithfulness has caused people to not only settle for, but even demand a cheaper brand of religion that requires nothing and costs nothing. Why would you suppose that there are close to a hundred million church members in America today, yet we are making no greater impact morally or spiritually than what we are in the world in which we live? It's because they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. Why is it that on Sunday morning thousands of churches have more empty pews than full pews? Why is it that only half of those in America whose names reside on membership rolls of churches can, be, can only be expected to attend church less than 50% of the time? The answer to this question may be tragically simple. America has bought into the message of cheap religion. It only takes time for the cheap to be discovered. They learn that cheap brands don't hold up to the rigorous tasks that are ahead. And over time, one will quickly learn that cheap religion without a Christ and without a cross and without sacrifice and without commitment, that religion will fall in time. The come-as-you-are, stay-as-you-are motto of the modern church was never heard in the early church. Jesus said, come out from among them. The reason that the church is not making more of an impact today is that there are a lot of church members who have, been bought, who have bought into the idea of cheap religion that costs nothing and requires nothing. It's completely human to place little value on things that cost you nothing. To criticize that which you have no vested interest in. 
to find fault in things that you have not invested your blood, sweat, and tears in. But when it's your labor and it's your sacrifice, when it's your commitment, when it's your prayer, when, it, when it's you that spent time in the preparation in the early days, when it's you that has, that has sacrificed all and gone out of the way, the cost begins to mean something and the buy-in becomes easy because it becomes natural. When you commit to a church, when you sacrifice for its existence, when you labor and work among its members and you reach to make it better, that buy-in will give you a certain sense of value for the things which are precious. At that point, you'll decide that staying as you are and, 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 and where you are will not get you to where you want to be. So if it requires more, if it requires deeper commitment, if it requires more sacrifice, it's only a small price to pay to get beyond the cheap and get into the real, to get to what God has truly called us to. When the, when the pilots of giant airliners are speeding down the runway, there is a certain point that staying on the ground is not an option, yet the wheels are firmly touching the tarmac and the plane is moving down. I think Danny said that this is called V2. It is the point of no return. When he crosses that line of speed, the airliner is destined to either take off or crash and burn. Could it be that the Lord has brought Christian Life Church to this point? We are at V2. We are either going to move forward and we're going to take off and soar into the future and accomplish what God has called us to or either we will crash and burn. At that point of V2, the pilot can no longer change his mind and say we're going to turn around and go the other way. But he has to be committed to the air. Jesus said if any man put his hand to the plow and looks back, he's not fit for the kingdom of God. I'm calling the church this morning. I know this is supposed to be a Sunday night message. I understand that. But I'm preaching it on Sunday morning. And I've called and kept people in this on this Sunday morning. Because I came this morning to tell you it's time that Christian Life Church stops looking back. Stops looking around. Stops wondering what would it be back in Egypt. And gets our eyes on the prize. And said I'm going forward by faith. I'm moving forward by faith. Unfortunately, churches and church members that never get off the ground is because they have never accepted the commitment and the cost of discipleship. They're looking for a cheap, simple, cheaper way out I will attend, but I'll not commit. I'll show up, but I will not support. I will call it my church, but I'll have no vested interest. I'll enjoy the service, but I won't pray. Come on, CLC. We've been revving our engine long enough. It's time for some life-changing commitments to be made. If you want your 2018 to change and you want it to be better than any year you have ever had, I'm calling you this morning to a point of commitment where you say, take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Because when you make a commitment, your family will make a commitment behind you. You want to know why your family vacillates when it comes to serving God? It's because they're waiting for you to t 
toe the line and say we're going forward by faith. I need a Moses that will stand and say we are going forward by faith. I need a Joshua that will stand and say there is the promised land. You can go to the left or right but we are going forward and we are going forward by faith because God has given direction. Just because you've been planning on it, meaning to, waiting to, trying to, going to, or aiming to, or hoping to, it's not going to get the job done. You'll never go anywhere until you commit to. It takes commitment to make anything happen. It takes commitment for a marriage to work. It takes commitment for a ministry to get off the ground. It takes commitment for a church to be built. It takes commitment to reach the lost. It takes commitment to see your family saved. It keeps. It takes commitment for personal growth to happen in your life. Someone so wisely said, salvation is free, but it will cost you everything. In Romans, the 12th chapter, the Apostle Paul issues a clear call when he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The word present is very closely related with present. The word present is a technical Greek word that is used in offering of sacrifice. Present your body. In order to present, you must be present. You cannot let somebody else present. You've got to present for yourself. Present your body. This is a voluntary act. And the great thing about this scripture is the apostle does not say, I command you. He says, I beseech you. I beseech you are, in other words, I beg you. I implore you. I ask you. I earnestly Desire for you to present your bodies a living sacrifice. This is something that is completely up to you. I know in my preaching I may come across strong. I may come across forceful. It's because I'm imploring you. I'm begging you. I'm asking you. Because the writer said it's just your reasonable service based on what information we have. In other words, it's logical that we would pay the price of committing ourselves wholly to the Lord because it makes sense that when we commit ourselves wholly to the Lord, the Word of God says that He will never leave us and never forsake us. He'll be with us. Our family's in His hands. Our finances are in His hands. Everything we have is in His hands. So why not present ourselves a living sacrifice the issue is is your pastor can't present you you've got to present yourself under the old testament sacrificial system the animal to be sacrificed was committed to the priest and then he was sacrificed and killed and consumed on the altar the believers are told to present themselves a living sacrifice. Not a dead sacrifice. Not a sacrifice that, oh, I'm here. Do with me what you want to. A living sacrifice means we are functioning and moving as a sacrificial element, given ourselves to the Lord. In other words, I'm not going to be a dead church member. I want to be a live church member that is committed to the Lord. 
Therefore, my prayer life can't be dead. It must be alive. My commitment can't be dead words. I've got to really show up and be really committed. I must be a living sacrifice. My worship and my praise can't be dead. It's got to be lively. It's got to be a living sacrifice. Oh, I wish you could. Don't disconnect on me now. Come on, I need some folks that understand that our worship is to be a living sacrifice, meaning in everything that we do as we move and we breathe, we do it all in the name of the Lord. Our worship ought to have life to it. It ought to have life to it. There is no such thing as a partial sacrifice. There's no such thing as a partial commitment. Either you're in or you're out. You're either committed or you're not. With God, it's all or nothing. As a matter of fact, he said, I would rather you be cold or hot because if you're lukewarm, I won't give you the opportunity. I will spew you out. Everyone say, I'm committed. The sacrificial animal was tied to the horns of the altar. That way it couldn't slip off, fall off, be bumped off, be knocked off, drop off, fall off, or quit in the middle of its duties. Once it was committed and it was slain on the altar, the four horns of the altar were used for the sacrifice to be tied on all four corners. When it's tied on all four corners, there was no way for it to be removed unless it was physically untied and taken off the altar. But as it was tied there, it was to be committed to the Lord. Is it possible to be partly committed? I doubt it. To be partially sacrificial? I doubt it. True commitment is not something that you can give and then take back. <coughs> it doesn't work like that. True commitment calls us to absolute sacrifice. It may cost you the whole world, but it will gain you everything. Cheap religion will leave you in a world without hope. When crisis comes, cheap religion will lead you without the ability to call on the name of the Lord and Him show up in the nick of time. As your pastor this morning, I'm calling this church to a deeper level of commitment. We look around us and see everybody else is buying into cheap religion. Everybody else is doing the off-branch thing. Everybody else is doing the non-name brand thing. We're not going to do that at Christian Life Church. I want Jesus to be written on the label of Christian Life Church. I want the name of the Lord. Oh, let doctrine be settled deep in our spirits like it's never been before. It does matter where we stand. It does matter what we believe. It does matter what we preach. I want to be locked into this thing, committed to this thing. The longer I live, every day I'm becoming more committed to this truth, more committed to this message, more committed to this doctrine because it is the only thing that will get us out of this world the ushers are coming to hand out commitment cards this morning and then shortly after they hand out commitment cards they will be coming behind you and they will be handing out some communion cups like these it will be different than what we have done before but there's three areas of commitment that I'm calling you to today the first area of commitment that I'm calling you to today is the area of commitment to discipleship. The second area of commitment that I'm calling the church to today is commitment to involvement in the church body. The third area of commitment that I'm calling you to today is commitment to cooperation. As the ushers come by and hand out these cards to you, it's to try to bring a more clear and certain sound to the real purpose and the real meaning of this message. We need you at Christian Life Church. We want you at Christian Life Church. 
If you're only a casual attender, pastor's calling this morning. Would you make a commitment this morning to a deeper level? Would you make a commitment today to a deeper life? As I explain the card in a little more detail, I ask you to consider with me today, would you make a commitment? Every believer is called to commitment. Our commitment to discipleship is that of personal growth. It's a commitment to take the next step in committing yourself, everybody say, myself, to a growth track that is best for you. Throughout the year, for those who choose to commit to discipleship, for some, depending on where you are, will depend on the next step for you. For some, it may be committing to path of life, which are Bible study lessons. It may be committing to one-on-one Bible studies with specific ministry leaders that will teach you a Bible study or get you in a group Bible study and will teach you and lead you on a growth track to deeper levels of growth. Or maybe for those that have already been down that road, maybe your personal growth track would be one that would lead you down recommended literature, books, specific sermons and messages, whatever it is, we should commit to a personal growth track. Commit to discipleship. It is a deeper level. Every one of us should continue to grow. Every believer is called to a commitment of involvement in the local church body. No man can be an island to himself. We need the church. My commitment to involvement is a commitment to a discovery class where that perhaps you, you can discover some things about your talents and abilities and interests and personalities. Where you can find your place of deeper involvement in Christian Life Church. Regardless where you are, if you're not involved, you need to be involved. If you're not giving back through, through the ministries of the local church, it's the first level of commitment that all of us should. As I said earlier, once you commit to a level of interest and focus and begin to give of your time and your talents and your treasures to the, back to the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God will mean more to you than it has ever meant before. It is your first level of commitment outside of your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The local church with all of its imperfections is still the Lord's major avenue through which He accomplishes His work. The church gathers for worship, teaching, and fellowship to gain power to carry out the ministry of each member as we're scattered throughout our various places of work and responsibility and homes and in the world. A member who forsakes the assembling of themselves together forfeits the power of corporate identity in saying, this is where I belong. You'll never truly feel part of the church or any other church but attending a Sunday service only. You must get involved. This is a call. We need you. We desire you. We want you. We want you to be involved. I'm calling you to make a commitment today. Every church member should, should make the commitment. We're all called. We're called to corporate membership. A commitment to cooperation is to say, Pastor, I'm in. You can count on me. This is my church. This is my home. This is where I get fed spiritually. This is where my family's going to call home. This is a commitment that I'm going to see to it that my kids are in church, that my family is in church. I'm going to be part as best I can. I'll be part of anything and everything that I can. I want to be in cooperation with the church. I don't want to be an island to myself, but I want to be in. I want to put down roots. I want to grow some deep roots here. You see, there's a, 
There's a great difference between attending a church and making it your church. Commitment to the local church means actively using what God has blessed me with in spiritual cooperation to further the church and to make it better because we need you to help us make this church better. We need you in this church. We're calling you and we're asking you to commit to cooperation. If you're here this morning and you've never really said, I want to be a member of Christian Life Church, this is a good day to decide, I want to be a member of Christian Life Church. Pastor, if it's service, I'm there. If it's fellowship, I'm in. If it's labor, count on me. If it's prayer, you've got it. If it's giving, I'll do my best. If it costs me, this is my life. And it helps the furtherance of the church. This is my family. I'll do whatever I can. This is where God's planted me. and This is where I want my roots to grow deep. In conclusion this morning, I hope this is more than just a message. I hope this is more than just a first Sunday commitment service. But to ensure that this is a memorable moment of commitment, the ushers have passed out the commitment cards and I've asked you to do so and you have the communion cups in your hand. I know this is an unusual way for us to take communion today. It was the only way that I felt that we could adequately make it happen in this setting this morning. But before you make a commitment, I want you to, com to consider the commitment that he made for us on Calvary. I've swung the church doors open today. I'm calling you, if you're not in, get on board. Expect that if you choose to fill out a commitment card, you will be responded to by one of our staff members or maybe even by me personally or my wife and we're going to reach out to you and try to help you to get in a growth track or help you to find, get in a discovery class or help you in your point of membership and helping give direction to what is my next step. The church doors have swung open. The door of growth and involvement is open this morning. There are two things that I'm offering you. It's a commitment card where you can agree to take the next step in your journey. You may only be one decision away from a much better life. The second thing is, is we're preparing to receive communion together. There's no higher sacrament in the church designed only for the church. It shows our participation with Christ in His church. Biblically, it says, in His suffering, and also that we do so in remembrance of Him. If you're not in this morning, this is a good time to receive communion as a symbol of, I'm in with Christ. I want to know more about Him. I want to walk in a deeper level with Him. I'm calling you to get in. Jesus said, come. Let him that is a thirst come. Let him that is hungry come. I will give you a moment to fill out your commitment card. You make the commitment and we'll help you take the next step. And while you're filling out the commitment card, be sure to place your name on it so we know who to contact and how we can help you in your next step of commitment toward the church. We're now going to give you direction for communion, the cup that you have received. There's two parts to the cup. By removing the top piece of plastic, you'll find a small wafer. It's bread. It represents the broken body of our Lord. Then beneath that is the cup, and you'll find the fruit of the vine. This represents the shed blood of Jesus that redeems us from sin. By participating in communion on this first Sunday of the year, you're declaring that I will remember the Lord and the great sacrifice and the great price that He paid, not only today, but in the days to come and all throughout the year. I'll not take my commitment to the church lightly, but I'm going to consider the great sacrifice He paid. Pastor, I'm in like Jesus was. In all things, I'll remember the broken body and shed blood of Jesus. 
I promise, Pastor, I won't make this church about me, but I'm going to focus on what he's done. And if I can just participate in his suffering. Now I'm going to ask you to turn your attention. It's Brother Brandon Newcomer and Brother Danny Lytle. I've asked them to help us in the administering of the sacrament today. There are two views that are present at communion. When we take commitment communion, we, we look in two directions at the same time. We look backwards. We look at his death on Calvary with respect, with awe, with humility, and with love. We show forth his death until he clung, comes. This means that we proclaim, we declare, we speak of, and we preach that our only hope of salvation is through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ that came through his broken body and his shed blood. Communion anchors us to the past by proclaiming his death, but communion also ties us to the future. This is why it's, it's so important on this first Sunday because communion ties us to the future by connecting us to the promise of his return. Could 2018 be the year that he breaks the eastern sky and comes for his church and calls his bride home? I want him to know I'm in. I'm ready. I was driving down the road yesterday. My young 19-year-old son that's preaching in windfall today said, Dad, if the Lord come today, I'm ready. I'm ready. Are you ready? If not, let's get ready. Let's get on board. Let's get on track. Let's participate with him in the great sacrifice that he made. It's not too much to ask. He's calling us to commitment. 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter says, let a man examine himself. This calls for an inward look. What are our motives of taking communion today? My pastor once said, if a man thinks he's worthy, don't partake because none of us truly are worthy of the blood of Jesus. But let a man examine himself and make appropriate adjustments. Prepare ourselves to receive communion. Bow your heads with us today. Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, we come before you today, God, asking that you would have your way in us today. Lord, we pray that you would have your way in our body. Lord, as a body of Christ, we pray that you would anoint this body, God. Lord, let us examine ourselves this morning, God, as we look to you in everything that we do, Lord, every commitment that we can make, God, everything in my life, God, if there's something that's not of you, God, I pray, cleanse me. Lord, make me more like you, Jesus. I pray like Jeremiah, Lord, let your word be shut up like fire in my bones. Lord, let your commitment, God, your desire for my life, God, let it be everything that I am. Lord, have your way in us, God. As we dig deeper in you, Lord, as we long for more of you, Jesus, I pray your word. I pray your way, God. I pray that you would have your way this year in us, God. We pray for your blessings. We pray for favor, God. We pray for your anointing, Lord. In the name of Jesus, can we worship him this morning?
would take your wafer in your hand. The Bible says that, and he took bread, and he gave thanks, and he broke it. And he gave it unto them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Please now receive the bread in remembrance of the broken body of our Lord Jesus Christ. Likewise also, the cup after supper saying, the cup is the New Testament in my blood which is shed for you now receive the cup in remembrance of his blood shed on an old rugged cross to respond to the moving of the Holy Ghost in the room. If you have a commitment card, my first call is to ask you to bring it forward and just lay it on this altar in the front. As a personal commitment unto the Lord, just come. You can lay it face down. No one will see your commitment. But come and then you can move back and leave room for everyone. Come worshiping at this moment of communion. Let's connect with the Lord. Maybe a brother or sister would like to walk with you this morning. Join with them. Take them by the hand. Let's worship the Lord together. Let's worship the Lord together. At the cross, at the cross, I surrender my life. I'm in all of you. Heaven is rejoicing today. Heaven is rejoicing today. Where your love red, red, and my sin washed white, I owe all to you. I owe all to you. At the cross, at the cross, I surrender my life. I'm in all of you. I'm in all of you, where your love red, red, and my sin washed white, I owe all to you, I owe all to you. Come on, let your praise out this morning, let your worship come deep from within you today. I'm in all of you. I'm in all of you. Where your love ran red and my sin washed white, I owe all to you. Here I bow down, here 
My second call this morning would be to one or two or however may be, many may be in the room today. If you don't feel that you know the Lord in the deepest level that you really want to know Him and you would really like to make a personal commitment to Him this morning. I know people are already gathered in the front. Don't be intimidated by the crowd this morning, but step out from where you are. Come forward this morning. Our prayer, our prayer warriors are here in the front today. Our, our altar workers are here. They want to pray with you this morning. We have baptismal robes available. We'll be glad to baptize you in the only saving name, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ today. There's a promise that belongs to you this morning. It is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And if you've never received His Spirit within, He will fill you to overflowing today. My call is to you today. Don't leave this place without taking this step. This is a great new start. This is a great new day. I open these altars this morning from everybody in the room, from the front to the back. As they continue to sing this morning, could we fill this house? Could we fill this house with praise? My invitation stands today to step forward if you want to know Him today. just to make your way over to where they are. Just take them by the hand, join with them, put a hand on a shoulder and let them know I value you. I need you in my life. I want to connect with you. I want to, I want to partner with you in prayer. I, I want to be here for you. Find somebody that you value. And I want you just to connect with them right now and just let them know I'm not buying into that wish is cheap. I value you today. I value you today. Find some others. Come on, just move about the building. Let some folks know I value you. Why don't you pray one for another today? Let them know I value you, brother. I value you, sister. I'm glad I'm part of the church with you today. Come on, just move about the building front to back. Let there be a freedom to move about the building today. And just speak a word to somebody. Let them know I value you. You're a jewel of great price. I put great price on you, great value on you. Come on, let's minister today from the front to the back. Just move about. Greet your brother. Greet your sister today. Let them know you're special to me. I value you. 